heart is the expression of our souls. where we believe that inquiry and art making are both essential parts of life and so we invite you to listen as artists share fascinating and thoughtful responses to questions about their origins their training and mentors their art making and what lights their inspirational fires I'm your host Kate Michael Gibson I'm an artist who wears many hats including writer producer performer story maker and now podcaster I'm a founding member of Convergence's Theater Collective. CTC is a group of pioneering theater artists and innovative teachers dedicated to creating original work and re-envisioning classics. And in 2018, we turned 10. As a part of our 10-year anniversary, we are exploring how to tell CTC's story in multiple ways through the voices of our amazing collaborating artists. This podcast is inspired by that storytelling idea as well as by a dream I had about sitting down to talk one-on-one with the many amazing and talented artists I know. I was inspired by other folks doing wonderful things with podcasts, especially storytelling shows. I found that hearing firsthand from brave and honest people sharing themselves openly and with vulnerability was not only deeply moving and educational and inspirational, it was a source of real human connection for me. Since I've always adored art and art makers, this show combines three of my longtime loves. Artists, CTC, and personal storytelling. On this episode, I'm thrilled to sit down with Leo Abel, a multifaceted theatrical artist and performer. Leo and I discuss his journey to freeing his voice through his love affair with musicals and dance, his timely new project, Imigrants, and the importance of being yourself. I hope you enjoy getting to know Leo as much as I did. Leo, welcome to Questioning Artists. Thank you so much for being with us. All right. Thank you, Kate, for having me here. Give me this opportunity so we can talk and share our stories and experiences. I'm so excited that I get to know you better right along with our listeners. So tell us about yourself. Uh, I'm an actor. My name is Leonardo da Costa Abel. Da Costa is a name from uh, Portugal. It means from the coast, people who live by the ocean. And Abel, it's a German, uh, Austrian name. I'm not sure about the origin of this name, but that's me. That's my background. So I was born in the south of Brazil, where we have like a German-Italian colonization Mm -hmm. down there. Um, My parents are Brazilians. But I believe my uh, my great parents they they came from Europe. 
Since I was born in the south of Brazil, the culture there is a little bit different. Brazil is a large country. Yeah. If you see the map, every state has a completely different um, culture. And in the south, we are very uh, reserved people. We are very conservative. Uh, we came from a war down there, so people like to fight and they are very politi political engaged very conservative in terms of uh, sexuality. So that's where, um, in the house that I, I, I was um, raised. Um, but I, I, was, I, I was born as an artist. My mind was always flying away. I was dancing, singing, very energetic. At school, I was leading uh, plays and talks and uh, I was... Uh, even politically, I was like, let's do this for the school, let's do that, let's... I was totally embracing the, the environment, like, trying to make the, the place better. And the art was my, my language, it was my weapon, right? So, on your journey to developing your artist identity, your language and your weapon, as you said, um, can you recall a moment that was pivotal for you? Uh, when I got in Miss Saigon, they have a, there's a plot that you need to be an acrobatic. For my whole career, I got things because of my uh, I'm Gemini. I'm very curious. I like to do whatever you offer to me or whatever my heart uh, wants to do. I go forward. So I had dance. I had circus, puppets, um, acrobatics, juggling, uh, singing. So I was there and they could see me a person that could do a little bit of everything. So I could cover acros, I could cover dancers, I could cover singers. So I was in a good position. Once I was in the cast, they wanted me to sing for Chris. Well, I freaked out, of course, <laughs> because my voice was going to be in front. There's no dance part, there's no acro. Chris is the singer, is the leader. He sang, it's an opera. He sings for the whole show. And uh, mentally, I wasn't prepared. I couldn't. You know, I, 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 I didn't believe in myself. But I was so glad I was doing musical because I felt like I was in the same level I was in the same job of the best singers, but I believed that I couldn't be exposed in that way. It was a belief, and you are what you believe. This is so true. This is so true. So, but it was a really important step, a step in my uh, journey with my confidence too, because after Miss Agon, the director, Fred Hansen, which is American, he worked here. He was he worked he worked as a stage manager for some Broadway shows. He's a great guy. He's an amazing person, and he helped helped me to understand more about musicals in Broadway. Because mm -hmm. I did a, a musical, American musical in Brazil, without without seeing any Broadway show. So here here comes the part that I, I arrived in, in okay. New York. So Fred invited me to be his assistant in Jekyll and Hyde in, in Brazil, in mm -hmm. Sao Paulo. And then we worked together there. He invited me to come to New York 
staying his apartment for a month. So I came 2011. I watched 20 musicals in 17 days. <laughs> but I was, I was like a bear with a pot of honey. It, it was insatiable. <laughs> the more I had, the more I wanted. It was yes. like a drug. I was addicted. And after every show, I was like uh, recording myself saying things about the show. I like this and I like that. Oh, Americans can do this so well. <laughs> it's amazing how they sing, how they dance, that they do everything all together. And so professional and set design, lighting, everything. So I was impressive, yeah, yeah. you know. Uh, I, I watched so many things here. It was amazing. And the, the most impress, impressive thing to me was the organization. How, because here I see theater as entertainment, as business, and needs to, to be planned. Yeah. Well planned, yeah. if you want to work. I was um, in Brazil, I was uh, used to group theaters. So it's a group of friends or people who work together, went to school together, whatever, and they, they want to do something together because, just because they love doing that thing. It was very homemade, right? And with the American music, musicals arriving in Sao Paulo, it happened like 15 years ago. We started to understand the logistic stage manager. Why do you need someone to control uh, cast and uh, producers? Why do you need this bridge, you know? Why do you need someone to uh, tell people what to do or where to be and what time giving you a cue? Why do you need this person? So important to keep the machine work perfect. So I think I, I started to understand more about professionalism doing musicals. And so Fred brought me to, to New York. I decided to come back and um, take, take workshops. Let's learn. So I came to City Company. So uh, Suzuki and Viewpoints. I had heard about it, but I had I hadn't had had the experience. So I came to New York. I spent three months studying with them, and then I went back to São Paulo, and I decided next time I want to spend more time in New York. New York City does have that effect on some of us. Okay, so now Leo, coming to another country to study is a bold move, uh, but that seems to be in your wheelhouse uh, because I know a good deal of your training. And a lot of your performance work has been in acrobatics. And with that kind of physical work comes an element of risk, of vulnerability. So I think you're in a unique position to talk about how do we use art as a way to connect with others from that risky, vulnerable place? Um, sometimes I feel that all we need is a simple hug. A simple hug can solve thousands of problems, thousands of bad feelings, thousands of um, misunderstood thoughts, misunderstood words, actions, a simple hug. What I mean with the hug is to embrace and, and show people that I, I got you, 
I understand you. Yeah. I'm, I'm here with you. That's all we need to feel beloved. We need to create these connections because we are all connected. The whole nature, the whole planet. I've been inspired by so many artists. Um, and that's the things that touch me are the most personal things when they expose themselves, when they show their wants. You know, it's so beautiful. It's so beautiful to see a, an artist uh, being uh, vulnerable on stage. It's so, because I was taught, I was, I thought that I, to be a strong person, I need to yell and be resistant and I'm not going to do this, I'm not going to do that, I'm meant to cry. Tension. Tension. My body was ten tense, my voice was tense, Ugh, my voice was tense, everything in, in me was tense. And it was such a release to see these people being themselves. Don't apologize for that. You know, just allowing themselves to be. I'm, I'm inspired. I'm inspired by these people, and that's what I want to become. I'm. My life is my tool. What I do with my life is what people are gonna see and make their choices. And I want to bring this to my art. I want to allow people to be themselves. At least show them that there's nothing wrong. Maybe we can we can um, we can help people on their own paths. Give people options. There's nothing better than when you have options, and then you feel embraced. Mm -hmm. and then you can do your thing. I love that you talk about connection and about giving people choices and showing them that it's okay to be themselves and that you want to bring your own authenticity and vulnerability to your work. So tell us about this new project you have in development with CTC, Immigrants. 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 So you put the lost after the I and it becomes Immigrants. I'm Brazilian. I was living in Brazil. Everything's fine, right? I'm Brazilian. I'm living in New York. There's something, <laughs> there's something different. I became an immigrant. <laughs> it just changed my perspective about people, about uh, prejudices that I had, right? Because once you cannot uh, put somebody else's shoes, you can see the struggle. You can, right. you don't know yeah. what happened. So I watched, I went to BAM to watch an uh, African show. And the show was about uh, African culture, and they were telling stories, dancing. It was physical and storytelling at the same time. And that thing just touched me so uh, uh, strongly. And I left the theater thinking in baggage, umbrellas, um, people moving, 
people telling stories about their uh, journey, mm-hmm. you know, around the world. And then th- that was the, the very beginning. So I have these elements in my mind traveling back and forth. Um, I was dreaming, going to shower, thinking about it until I got the, the idea of talk about migration. When you move from point A to point B, not necessarily from one land to other land. When you um, feel that you went through something and something has transformed, mm-hmm. something has changed. That's the migration thing. So my idea was to have actors from different parts of the world telling their own story, whatever they want to say. Not necessarily how they, they moved um, from the countries to the United States, but, but something that has changed his lives. I was trying to develop some exercises so I could extract mm-hmm. in the best way that I could uh, uh, stories or confessions, because right, mm-hmm. we are touching things that not easy yeah, to talk yeah, about. Exactly. Right, it's your intensity. It's something that mm-hmm. belongs to your stories. As artists, we need to allow ourselves to be exposed. It's important to feel it is uncomfortable, but you we need to find a comfortable way of doing this. It is exactly what it is. It, it's hard to explain, but it is comfortable and uncomfortable at the same mm-hmm. time. And my intention with the show is not to create a show like with uh, numbers or things like that. I mm-hmm. want to be very personal because I want to talk soul by soul, soul to soul. Mm-hmm. You know, this yeah. is my story that could be yours. In my story, you can see you through mine. Right. And I can see mine through yours. That, exactly. When you feel embraced and supported, you can do your thing and do it well. (laughs) And that's, that's a big part of what CTC is about. We come together to support each other in the making of our work. And so, like, although you and I haven't worked together directly on a show yet, we have that CTC connection. And so here you are supporting this idea of mine by being a guest artist. How did you find your way to CTC? A friend of mine from Circus Warehouse, uh, Mark Ferrando, he said, oh, Leo, there's this group of people, uh, physical theater. I think I think you should try it. Don't you want to join us and see what, what you think? And I got super excited, right? And then we... Uh, I, I, I went there, we did a physical exercises and I was feeling at home finally (laughs) yes finally I can breathe now something and uh, it it worked so well Uh, Journey was building a show called Babel Uh, it took him four years five years to get the, the show together. So it was a long process. Mm. We worked uh, in different seasons. 
I learned a lot about that too. <laughs> when we we have plans, you organize yourself through the seasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we we work together, twenty two people, sometimes thirty people, uh, people back and forth. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it was really hard to keep people together. Uh, you didn't have everybody on rehearsals. So, you know, how can you yeah. visualize something if you don't have people in front of you? It's, right. it's really, uh, it's a hard puzzle to put together. But the show happened in collaboration. And it was, it was fantastic. I'm, I'm a huge fan of how Jeremy thinks. Because it's pretty close how um, the... The, the way I believe and the way I was mm-hmm. taught in collaboration. In Brazil, there's a lot of, a, a lot of group theaters. So mm-hmm. it's a group of people who like to work together and they build a career from there. So with CTC's process of developing new work, we often begin from a contemplative practice or exercise. And I understand that meditation training was a part of your acting training as well. Can you talk about particular practices and how they inform your performance work? So I remember one called Kundalini, mm-hmm. which is the chakra here in front of the sets, right? In front of, or in this area, in front of um, the belly where we spend 15, 20 minutes just shaking your um, your head forward and backward. Well, after two minutes, you feel your muscles, your breath completely different. You're, you think, I cannot do this. <laughs> and you, what, you tense everything else? You're repeating the yeah. same movement over and over again, and uh, you feel you're gonna die. Your mind says, "Stop right now! You're crazy! What you're doing?" And that's uh, where the meditation happens. And then the exercise um, starts because that's the moment. Say everything's fine. You're not gonna die because you're moving your hips. You know what I mean? Right, right. There's nothing. You good. Right. Just be brave, go to the end. So this is one part. That was another part that you uh, you jump, little jumps. You have your both arms in the air towards the sky. And you, you every time you, you hit the floor, you say, huh. So you spend like 20 minutes, 15 minutes, huh, 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 mm-hmm. jumping. It's a lot of oxygen going through your mind. You're gonna feel your your skin. Uh, I just I, I didn't do like three seconds and I'm already feeling something different. Um, you feel like your 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 muscles are feeling sensing. And in the end, after this, you all you have to do is to lie down on the floor and. And then, wow, you can feel your soul leaving your body, your physical body. You can see yourself from above. It's a, it's a fantastic 
feeling. And then you ask me, what does it mean? What does it have to do with acting? Well, when you're studying your tab, your lines, when you're creating your character, when we are when we are on stage facing your um, colleague, your partner, that's um, exactly what you do, right? You got to see yourself from another perspective mm -hmm. because it's not you there. But you need to create something that it is you, but you can play this. That was such a perfect explanation of how those contemplative and meditative practices relate to creating a performance. Thank you for that. That was brilliant. So you went to circus training first, and then you did acting school. What was the next turning point for you as an artist? Dance always was a, a passion. But remember, I was from the south of Brazil. I wasn't allowed to dance. Yeah. It's not good for a boy, right, to dance and <laughs> sing. No, it's so it's too girly. Mm -hmm. It's not allowed. So when I got in São Paulo, I was a teenager. I was mm. almost an adult. Um, I could make my own choices, and also I had I had the sexual sexuality thing happening mm -hmm. or not happening <laughs> it wasn't allowed right right it took me like i was my first sexual experience when i was 20 21 i did bad things to myself to this point really bad things because i was trying to to be the example the good son yeah. follow the rule i was trying i was doing my best for them but not for me well Dance school was amazing because my body was... I always had this um, thing, even in acting circus and dance school, um, my teachers, they used to say, uh, you're holding something. I, I can't see you. There's a, you. You're not giving me everything. You're not giving me 100%. Mm -hmm. I, you're trying to control. I can see you controlling. I can see your mind in front of your movements. It's... We need to unveil, is that a word? Yeah, yeah. We need to unveil whatever is yeah. in front of you. So I was, I had this um, in my mind and then in my soul, in my heart, and I, it was a huge fight. So what is the first thing I think an actor uh, should do is to be honest. Whoever you are, whatever are your um, preferences mm -hmm. just go go forward yeah you know say yes, yes this is me this is what I like to do yes. this is who I am don't be scared of being different don't be scared of uh, try something new because that's that's your passion so it took me years and years and years to understand that. When I was a, a kid, I was eight years old. My mom used to say, um, talk like a man. Your voice is too high. I love my mom from the bottom of my heart. She passed four years ago. We had a, a, an amazing relationship in a bad and a good way. We both learned to, a lot with each other. 
And uh, she was challenging me as much as I was challenging her with with my my existence <laughs> was really hard for her to understand her kid. Sure. And I'm pretty sure she wanted the best for me. She was yeah. trying to protect right. me from the world. But unfortunately, with her the way she could, right? Exactly. With all the limitations she had. And uh, she was trying to uh, give me lim limits too. So this, this thing in my voice followed me for my whole life. I'm 38 now, and I can tell you, from three years to now, I feel something different. Something just um, melted, yeah. released, and I yeah. finally cannot be in peace with my voice because my right. voice was like something really um, hard during my whole career. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's why I went to physical. Physical was my choice because I didn't um, need to deal with my frustration, my voice frustration, you know, because I couldn't use my voice properly. I didn't have a voice. I couldn't find my own voice because I was trying to pretend to be some, uh, not pretend to be somebody else, but pretending to to have a voice that wasn't mine, right? right? Because the vo my real voice, according to my mom, was too feminine. Was mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. wasn't low enough right. for a man. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and can you tell me the difference between your body and your voice? Can you work your voice without your body? Can you work your body without your voice? There's no way they There's are no, connected. Yeah. I have a, a coach voice here, and uh, he's he's literally breaking the walls that I create created. Before that, I couldn't talk for like thirty minutes, and I lost my voice. I, was, mm. I couldn't. And can you imagine all the frustration? Becomes because you can't speak. After after a show, I was I was always exhausted, and I couldn't speak afterwards. Mm -hmm. It was impossible. So every time he every time he encourages me to even a li a little forward, and it means I feel like I always heard, oh, don't push your voice too forward. Don't speak too loud. Or uh, be gentle, and he's doing the opposite. He mm -hmm. said, "Give me that thing. Come on, speak loudly." It's hard to explain now because I'm still working on it. But um, uh, it is a place. It is a safe place. Mm -hmm. I know I can speak and talk. I'm not gonna hurt myself, and I I can make myself uh, hurt. That's the best feeling. Ever. I love that you bring up gendering of the voice and the fact that that trauma of being shamed for having a voice that doesn't fit traditional gender roles can have lasting effects on our ability to have a free and open voice. Because that's something very personal to me. Um, as you and our listeners can hear, I have a fairly low voice for a woman. And I was often really self-conscious about that as a child and as a teenager. So I've had my own journey with my voice. Um, for some of the same reasons. So I'm curious, what were the next steps for you in terms of developing your voice and your technique as an artist? Well, in musical theater, I love musical theater. 
but I, I wasn't allowing myself to do it because I didn't have a good voice, right? I didn't like my voices. No, I don't. My voice is not. It's not good for musicals. I don't have the 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 perfect voice. Mm -hmm. My voice is different. The format of my vocal cords are different. Literally, uh, the bottom of my vocal cords they have like a web. They are glued. So I have limitations, but doesn't mean I can, I can still do whatever I want, respecting my identity. You know what I mean? Maybe I don't have the same um, notes or extension uh, range of uh, the best singers, but it doesn't mean I could sing, right? I'm going to sing in my way, and uh, I'm going to touch people, doesn't matter what. I, and I believe people do high voice, uh, high notes because they can. And I can do other things, right? They can't sound like me and I can't sound like them. And it's like... Leo, I have to say, I think your dedication and your boldness uh, and your passion in following your path and your artist dreams is very inspiring. And so I'm curious, what are some of your artistic inspirations? Well, Peter Brook, because he he allows actors to be um, free on stage and honest. I like the aesthetic of Ariana Mushkin, the theater of the Soleil. And then I have the Brazilians. Georgette Fadel was a director of mine who who taught me how to be honest with my feelings on the stage. You know. Bring it, bring it to the table, Leo. Don't be afraid of your feelings. Isabel said she, she helped me to understand my mom's process and, um, and to see my mom differently in a different way and um, to develop my voice, try to unlock all the locks that I, that I create. Uh, she, she gave me so much courage, so much. Um, she was a huge fan of the way I see the world, and she was encouraging me to to go deeper and deeper and deeper. Bunraku, Bunraku is a Japanese technique where you control um, three people or four people can control different parts of the puppet. So, for example, I control the arms. You control the head and the torso, yes. and somebody else controls the legs. Okay. And three, these three people need to make one puppet alive. They need to work together. And that's what we do when we create a character. I extremely recommend the actors to work with puppets. It's something that you... They are a piece of fabric. They get alive in front of you, in front of your eyes, and yes. like this. Yes. Isn't it fantastic? You know that is a trick. Their uh, fabrics and whatever they are made of, uh, with, you you can see the puppeteers inside, but we still we still seeing the illusion. The illusion. We are illusionists. We are illusionists. I totally agree. And honestly, Leo, I could talk to you all day, but we have to wrap it up. So one last thing before we go, please fill in this sentence. Art is. Art is the expression of our souls. If you want to understand a civilization, 
go and see what they did through their arts. That's it. Because <laughs> people lie, right? But art, you can lie. You can lie. It's so revealing. If you lie, that's what your art is about, about lying. I can see. It's so <laughs> real. Yes. It's so real, right? Leo, it has been such a pleasure. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you, Kate. I hope that, like me, today's conversation brought you inspiration and insight. Please explore CTC's website to find out more about our artists and projects and to sign up for our mailing list at convergencescollective.org. Questioning Artists is produced by Kate Michael Gibson and Jeremy Williams with collaborative consulting by Kalita Davis. Our theme music was composed and performed by Kate Jaworski. Visual imagery and animation was created for the show by Natalie Loveland. And the conversation you just heard was recorded on October 22, 2018. Until next time, friends, I send you all the best for the questions you're asking, the art you're making, and the connections you're creating to bring more light into this world. Thank you for being part of the collective conversation.